Science gives man knowledge, which is power. Religion gives man wisdom, which is control. Science deals mainly with facts. Religion deals mainly with values. The two are not rivals. That was said by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And today would be his birthday. It's a national holiday to recognize and reflect the life of Dr. King. Let's sip on a few things that he taught us about leadership. Hi, I'm Carlin Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. Oh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would have been 94 years old yesterday, January 15th. He was born in 1929. He was sadly assassinated um, in 1968. And not many people know why today, so today is Monday as I'm talking to you all, just transparently, um, that today is the day we're observing the, it as a national holiday. And a lot of people don't realize it was Ronald Reagan that actually pushed through the legislation to make today a federal holiday in 1986. Um, and a well, well-deserved one, I think, honoring great leaders in our history, people who made such a huge impact and he only lived 39 years on planet earth i've uh my husband and i've been to atlanta several times and the first visit we went to atlanta we went to his birth home where he grew up and it is such an amazing experience so if anybody gets a chance to go to atlanta because it's not just going to the house and then there's a museum there's a museum which is awesome, and it's like this living diorama almost of just his entire life. I learned so much there, and there's also, um, they have like a freedom walk where you can, they have the footprints of, you know, many other uh, civil rights leaders throughout the years, and this beautiful scenery and garden. Um, He he also is buried there along with his wife, and uh, anyway, it's just, the whole thing is is an experience. Like, it's not just a typical, I think, um, you know, like museum or walkthrough or whatever. Anyway, but some of, I mean, some of the things I gravitate towards him for is just really his courage. And he spoke up and spoke out in so many ways. I mean, he endured a lot of, a lot of hate. Uh, he was survived knife attacks. He was thrown in prison, you know, for his beliefs. He, um, but a lot of people think it was it was only like black against white when he actually marched alongside a lot of people of all colors. There were white people in the in the march in D.C. and there were you know actually uh, one of the things I thought was really interesting to learn was that um, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference that he helped to form that became the group that would he actually. Um, base this on like the crusades that Billy Graham, the evangelist Billy Graham was doing, and they became really good friends. And um, this is a group that then helped to organize a lot of these kind of activists, um, you know, marches and stands and 
um, but going around, but doing peacefully. I mean, it was all about peaceful protests, as we well know. And um, I don't know. I mean, just the life of this man is pretty incredible, too. Again, like, I think people like to skew history a lot of what they believe. And I mean, he was a Baptist minister, and his faith really did guide him. And there were some turning points, I know, in his childhood that made him realize, well, wait, hold on. Like, why aren't we being treated equally? Um, I know there was one one story where he befriended a, a white boy that lived across the street from him. And then they were really good friends and played and had a good time. And then um, the white kid's parents said, you know, I'm sorry, you can't play with our son. You know, you have to play with people who look like you and your own kind. And that, I know, stuck with him big time. And um, he gave his first public speech um, in 1944, I think it was. I was trying to refresh my memory before talking to you all today. Um, but these are the points that, you know, the things that stood out to me too. And gave a speech in front of this huge, you know, conference and convention, but yet him and his teacher still had to sit in the back of the bus. Like, there were these moments where it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's great. You did good, but here's still your place. And he, but what I loved about him is he never cited hate. And although I know when he was younger, I think because of that incident with that, those white parents not letting, you know, his friend, that friend play with him and stuff, he did want to hate like all white people and his parents wouldn't let him. His parents said, that's not right. We're Christians. We we need to love. It's our duty to love other people and to get that kind of um, like freedom and, you know, to make a difference, but through love. And I just thought, wow, like that's strong, right? I don't know if I would have been that strong. And that continued with him throughout his entire life. And he was known for his very peaceful protests. He was known for, but he kept pushing the envelope, pushing people's thinking and encouraging people from a place of faith, but also just logic and rational thinking, right? That we're all God's children, that we're all put here on this earth. We're all creating his image. We're all, you know, and it's like people so, I think, give religion in general such a bad name because there are bad people who claim to be Christ followers and claim to be Christians. But then you look at someone like, like um, Dr. King and it's like, that's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's you need to remain courageous and speak up and speak out on behalf of anybody who doesn't have a voice. And that means people who don't agree with you or you don't agree with them either, but it doesn't matter. Like we all are equally human on this planet and we all deserve an opportunity to live our lives free and equal and inclusive. That's the ultimate definition of inclusiveness. Um, I know that Gandhi was a major influence too on his life and uh, he even talked to like Vietnamese monks throughout his life. I mean, he talked to everybody, like he engaged with everybody to learn, to grow and to respect other people's values and belief systems and such. And I just think that alone is honorable and that is what leaders need to do. And unfortunately, I think in this day and age, Leaders have become divisive in the sense of they're not willing to just take that kind of, not a step back on your own beliefs. I'm not saying to do that at all. I'm saying that you need to fight for everybody's right to believe in their hearts and for the right for other people to earn the respect of other people. Again, doesn't mean you have to agree, but everyone deserves to have a voice and everyone deserves an opportunity 
I mean, I don't know how much all of us deserve it. Just kidding. But everybody being human, we all live on this earth together. And I believe that everybody should be given the opportunity to live their lives, live and let live their own lives. And when there are things, values that are violated, you know, from other people, I mean, me, I, I feel like that's between them and God. Not, it's not my business, you know. But, um, but as people on this earth, if we could live in peace and harmony, and that doesn't always mean, but let me rephrase that. It's not even about peace and harmony. Like that's a utopian type of, of image. I don't necessarily believe that that's ever possible because I think people have free will and there's always going to be people that make bad decisions. But what I do believe that we need to do is stop with the, if you don't believe like me, that I'm unfriending you, I'm, you're dead to me, I'm not talking to you, and I'm going to blast you all over social media. It's like, oh my gosh, would people just calm down? And, you know, I mean, I would, kind of glad social media didn't exist when he was alive, because could you even imagine? It's like everyone hides behind their keyboards and says all the crap they want to, and it's like, what is this helping? What is this helping? And then people get so hung up on, oh, it's misinformation, it's disinformation, it's this, it's that. It's like, why does it matter? Before social media, people all had all kinds of crazy ass opinions. We're just seeing them more now because of social media and the internet. But everybody still believed in conspiracy theories. Everybody still believed in, you know, different things. I mean, it's like, I don't know why we're trying to, we're trying to control so much of what people say and what people do. It's like, that is so not what humanity is all about. God gave us free will. Now, free will with consequences, sure. Like, I believe in the laws of a society to not like, I can't just walk up in a grocery store and stab somebody and get away with it. Yeah, because that's cold and wrong. We should have a moral compass, right? Like Dr. King's moral compass was the Bible and was his, his beliefs. It's a pretty darn good moral compass. The Ten Commandments, hey, they work pretty well, even if you don't want to be quote-unquote religious or whatever. But... Like, everybody's acting like, oh, no, everything's grown and the hate and this and that spurts. Like, yeah, there's probably more gaslighting. There's definitely probably more people, you know, spurring on each other, you know, because it's easy to do from a keyboard. But I don't think the amount of, quote, unquote, misinformation, disinformation, people's nastiness and attitudes didn't exist before. I just don't think we had we had such a lens and a front row seat to it before. So maybe we should stop trying so hard to control the narrative, stop trying so hard to control what people say, and to, let me give you an example of this. I earned my first um, nasty gram from Facebook and Instagram this past week because of a comment I made on a friend's post. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? So a friend of mine um, has a dog, and he was at a dog park, and he was going off about how angry he was because a, a fellow pet owner, a dog owner, was beating his dog with a leash. And he got so mad and he could not keep his mouth shut and he went and he, you know, said something to them. And I put in the comments, someone should take the leash and beat that guy with it. That's animal cruelty. In fact, I believe worse things should be done to people who are cruel to animals. Um, and I got the nasty gram from Facebook saying you have incited your comment could incite violence and discriminatory practices. And I literally laughed out loud. I'm like, okay, quote unquote, fact, 
fuckers. Excuse my language, but seriously. I'm like, if you would have just read the whole post and read the context of what I said, you would understand. Or at least I would hope you would, unless you're supporting animal cruelty or whatever. It's like, come on. You literally pay people to sit there and, like, check what people are saying because they're worried about what it's going to make someone else feel and do? You've got to be effing kidding me. Like, this is absolutely insane that we're spending resources on this stuff. I know there's probably people out there who's like, Harlan, but it's hate. We shouldn't spread hate. Dr. King himself was all about love and peace and da-da-da and not spreading hate. I'm I'm not saying that spreading hate is right. Not at all. What I'm saying is, is that... This is a very slippery slope when you start canceling people, when you start censoring people. It's because where does that end? And then it becomes super subjective. So subjectively, either AI or a bot or, you know, I don't know, somebody saw my my little note in there and took it as, holy crap, I'm inciting violence. This is the problem, right? It's like, there's no way that incited violence. I hope, I hope all the animal lovers listening to me right now, I was like, yeah, he should have been beaten with a leash himself if he beat his poor dog. I'll say it again. And I did protest it back to Facebook. And I did tell him, no, I don't agree with that. Fight me. And they restricted me for 10 days. Oh, they're punishing me because I had an opinion on something that meant no harm. That's the danger, people. That's why it's like Facebook and social and all these platforms. It's not their business what people post. It's our business to control our mouths, to control ourselves, to do right, to be positive, to be leaders out there and be leaders with our voices, sure, and and do it for the greater good. But that also means because we want that and we want that freedom to do that, that unfortunately other people are going to use that freedom for bad. So hold yourself accountable, hold your kids accountable, hold them accountable for not listening to that, not buying into that. Oh, but it's easy to get brainwashed. Oh, it's easy to get, when that's all coming at you, then you have to have greater control over yourself. I realize it feels like I might've gone off on a tangent, but I don't think I really have because the same principle could have been applied in Dr. King's day. And actually it kind of was because there were a lot of people that wanted to shut him up including the government, including the FBI, including a lot of, you know, different parties and people and affiliations and organizations, everybody wanting to shut him up because they thought, oh, we don't like your ideas. We don't like what you're trying to do here. You're disruptive. It's the same principles. We have to be free to believe. We have to be free even when we don't agree with people. Otherwise, then we're going to end up to be a society that's completely controlled by a very small group of people because we're giving them all the power and we're relinquishing it to do what they want with our own lives. And I don't believe in my heart, and I don't believe that's what Dr. King was going for. He was going for all men are created equal. All people are created equal. And that means even the people we don't like, that even means the people we don't agree with. All right, I'm going to get into a few sips. Because I feel like I could talk all day about about this. But I know I want to keep it short and sweet. All right, first sip, courage. So his example was amazing of courage. And I know it gets really hard to speak up and to speak out. and But he did it all in love and kindness. And he said that he felt like staying silent is, I mean, it is. It's condoning something if you are. But he did believe in giving everybody a voice. And I think as leaders, this is the application for us, is we have to have the courage to speak up when we say something, speak out when we don't agree with something, 
especially on behalf of our own teams and people and peers and what's not right. And I don't care what job you have, organization, or if you're even a parent, go speak up to that PTA. Go speak up to those boards when things aren't right, when things are wrong. Have the courage to do that. That is leadership at its heart. Oh, it's scary. You'll have butterflies in your stomach. You'll probably feel like you want to throw up sometimes when you know that you're going to go against the flow by speaking up and by standing up for something. But if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. All right, second sip. Everything in peace. Uh, His examples of nonviolence and peace, I think, were incredible. And I think that you, you, I mean, it makes me angry, I'll be honest, when people say, oh, when people are burning down a building or protesting and fire in the street, it's like people excusing that behavior because they're angry and no one will listen to them. And I cry bullshit on that because to me there is no excuse to go and blow up a target or blow up somebody's business and burn down things because you want the attention of the authorities. There's no reason for that because you are then doing harm, not good. And then you're, you are inciting violent behavior. And his, his marches, his, his oratory speeches, his everything was all done at peace at its heart. And he even had to tell his own people, stop it. Yeah, they're angry. Of course you're angry. Why wouldn't you be angry if you don't feel like you're on an equal playing field with other human beings? But he also had his moral compass, which guided him. And at the heart of that was love and kindness and striving to really show that and reflect that and teach that. And that is so important as leaders that we, we do that in ways to keep the peace. And then finally... Well, he famously had a dream. I could reread and reread and listen to that speech over and over again, and it gives me goosebumps. He famously had a dream. So what's your dream? How will you share it? How will you achieve it? What's your legacy? What's the monument that you would want people to make of you? I mean, he has monuments of of himself, his legacy, all over the world, even one at Westminster Abbey in, in the U.K., It's incredible. A life of 39 years would make such an incredible impact on so many people. And he did it through peace. He did it through using his voice. He did it through love and kindness. But he did it with a heck of a lot of courage, too. So what's your dream? And are you going to use the time that you have on this earth to do something big and to leave a legacy of leadership where it matters? I'm going to end with one of my favorite quotes from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. When our days become dreary with low hovering clouds and our nights become darker than a thousand midnights, let us remember that there is a great benign power in the universe whose name is God and he is able to make a way out of no way and transform dark yesterdays into bright tomorrows. May we all have bright tomorrows. May we all lead us in to bright tomorrows. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.